We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bibles with you on this morning, and you should, I want to invite your attention to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord reads as follows. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image and uh, in the image of God, he created him and male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over all the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Chapter 3, verse 9. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And so he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave to me of the tree of, and I ate. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And the Lord spoke to the serpent in verse 14 and on. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we need you on this morning that you might speak in the midst of our time, a word that is clear, a word that helps us to grow in our understanding and our faithfulness to you that might encourage us to live for you. But God, speak a word that may draw someone out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. I'm praying, Lord, that you would speak a word in such a way that every person listening would know they've heard from you. Lord, draw those who are drifting back into the fellowship that they might reestablish their relationships with you. Father, I pray that you will provoke us and move us closer to righteousness. Spirit of the Lord, I stand in need of you that you might speak clearly through me. That you might allow my mind to be clear, my lips to speak clearly that which you have laid on my heart to say. Speak now. And we will give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for you alone, God, are worthy of it all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Gathering this morning, I want to begin uh, preaching through a series of messages entitled Standards of the Steward. 
Now, I think it's important as we approach this subject matter that we go to the beginning, Genesis, because it is there in the beginnings and in Genesis where everything started, where I believe we can discover the answers to a large number of our problems, our struggles, our challenges that we face from day to day. I believe when we go back to the beginning, we can kind of, it helps us to get clarity on the places from where we may have drifted from. Today's text actually at the beginning helps us with this subject matter of stewardship and understanding and comprehending what that should have and was designed to be. As I look at this, I think that we're not in the place where God started it out to be. In fact, I think that for a large number of people, they are completely unaware that this even happened and that they have any responsibility of stewardship at all. This foundation will help us to get to a good place in establishing some standards of the steward. In this text this morning, I want to talk from the subject matter, the baseline of stewardship. Stewardship literally means to manage the property of somebody else. I want to kind of lean into this stewardship theme in different ways, but I think it is critically important to begin at the beginning and to deal with the basics first and in establishing the basics, if stewardship is the management of someone else's property, I think it is important to begin by establishing who owns the property. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth in the beginning. In the beginning, before there were possessable things to argue about, before you could grab the toy, before you can, you know, wrestle the keys away, before, before there were any tangible things to argue about ownership of, when there was nothing to own, God already owned the nothingness, and in the nothingness, God existed himself out of the nothingness because he is an ex nihilo God, which means he exists out of nothing. And this God who exists out of nothing spoke into the nothingness and created heaven and earth. And I would suggest that that means is he is. Verse 26 says, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. And so God created man and he created the woman in his own likeness as he had declared he was going to do. And when God created man and God created woman just like he created heaven and he created earth, guess what? That means the man... And the woman are his too. Everything belongs to God. You thought you owned something. 
You don't own anything. God owns everything. So even the things that you made, I know you made that skirt, you made that dress, you sewed that tie together, you do without you, but you made it. You carved the wood statue, you built the house, but everything you made it out of is God's. And here's the interesting thing. You can't get around anything belonging to him. He owns it all. Everything belongs to God. Psalm 24 says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they who dwell in it. The psalmist is trying to help us to understand and see that God owns everything and everybody. In other words, if you own it, then you get to manage it the way you want to. But if you're not the owner, then you're managing somebody else's property. So I want you to understand that everything belongs to God. Secondly, God entrusted us to steward his property. When God created everything, he says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea that that belong to me. Over the birds of the air that belong to me. Over the cattle that belong to me. Over all the earth that belongs to me. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth that belongs to me. Let them have dominion. What this text is literally saying is let man have representative rule over everything that belongs to me. Let man steward what uh, we have created. And so we're going to allow man to be our representative to take care of what we have created. Now, they didn't own it, but they were merely being entrusted with it. Look at these other verses because it's breaking it down. After he created man in his image, verse 27, male and female who creates them, verse 28. He blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. He has responsibility over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God says, see, I'm giving you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed and to you it shall be for food and he goes on and give that guy you got everything everything's everything i create I'm, I'm putting it under and into your care you have the responsibility to steward everything i've created and in giving man this stewardship he also assesses the condition of what he has entrusted into man's care so here's god he's created all this stuff he says, look, we're going to create, we're going to put it in the, in, under the control of man. But watch this. None of us entrust someone else with something with an expectation of coming back to get it without first examining the condition of it before we let it go. Matter of fact, even when you go rent a car, they look it over, but then they say, you look it over. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I walk all the way around the car because I don't want to pay for nothing that somebody else messed up. So I assess it because I'm the steward of it. But before they give it to me, they already checked it to see what the condition was. Watch this. So God does, in essence, the same thing. In verse 29, God said, I've given you everything. Verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and indeed the condition of it was very good. 
So in the evening and the morning was the sixth day. So watch this. So God made everything. Everything belongs to him. And when he assessed what he had made before he entrusted into the hands of man, he says the condition that I'm giving it to you is very good. By God's standard, everything he entrusted man with, it was in the standard of perfection. It was in the standard of holiness. It was in the standard of of the highest level for God. It was in very good condition. And God said, man, I'm trusting you to steward what belongs to me. And I'm giving it to you in very good condition. Now watch this. Not only... Does he give it to him in very good conditions? But in giving man this stewardship, God also gives him some responsibilities and some conditions of managing his property. He says to him, he says, now, I'm going to give it to you, but there's some some qualifications you need to understand. All this is yours. But I have one criteria that I need you to to grab hold of, and that is, see all these trees? You can eat from all those trees. But there's a a tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge and evil. That tree, I don't want you to eat from, but I, I want you to take care of everything else that I've given you in very good condition. God will hold us accountable for what he placed us as stewards over. This is where everybody gets a little sad. How come I can't just do what I want with it? Well, here's a good simple answer, because it's not yours. So watch this. So, so the Lord is going to hold you accountable for this. Now, with the, the stewardship of God, we've got it. It's in good condition. By the time we get over to chapter 3, verse 9, man has already messed up. God said to Adam, Adam, you could eat from every tree in the garden, but of the tree which of knowledge and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Man, in essence, acted like he understood the instructions. He went off to be the steward over God's property. By the time we got to chapter 3, verse 1, we see the serpent showing up. That's the friend of the child. And the children are showing off with the property that God has trusted them with. Lord, help us here. They're trying to pretend like it's their property and their friend said well let's go eat some of the fruit of the stewardship that you have and the friend says why don't we take and eat of that tree right there now they already knew God said you can't eat of that one but they're pretending like it's theirs like they have the freedom to choose whether or not they can eat what belongs to God that God said don't eat and they take it they eat of it and guess what they died but in their death, they realized they're naked. Before then, they did not realize their nakedness. And then guess what happens? A surprise audit happens. God shows up in the cool of the day. And God comes walking, looking for Adam to have a walk and a talk with him like they had had so many times before. But on this day, Adam didn't show up because he had violated the stewardship. Of God's creation. If it hadn't been for Adam violating the stewardship that God had given him, we would not have been in sin. Everybody ought to be paying attention to this. Adam messed all of us up by violating the stewardship that God had given him. 
Do you realize even to this point, it had not even rained on earth. There was no need for rain. Adam and Eve were in the perfect place that the dew would come down in the, in the morning and, and it would raise up. And we didn't even need rain. Everything had every fruit. Before sin, animals didn't even eat people. We didn't have to worry about the lion and the, and the bear and all that. We could have went camping and didn't have to worry about the snake or nothing. But they messed it up. Not only did they mess that up, they messed up our eternity with God. And so we were plunged into sin because he violated the stewardship that he was entrusted with. God shows up in the cool of the day and he's looking around and he says, Adam, where are you? It's not that God didn't know where Adam was, but God needed Adam to acknowledge where he was. If today was a surprise audit, that God showed up to audit all that he had entrusted into your care. Where are you? What do you mean, Pastor? What is he entrusted? He has entrusted your spouse, your children, your money, your homes, your car, your stuff. What if God start auditing? What are you spending my money on? Because it's not your money, it's his money. What are you doing with the time that I giving you? Are you spending all your time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, trying to figure out what everybody else is doing? Are you chasing everybody else's story and not building your own for the kingdom of God? What if today was an audit of your stewardship? God shows up for this audit. Adam comes up with this lame story. God says, where are you, Adam? Uh, um, uh, well, um, I, I, was, I was afraid to come because I was naked. And I like the way God responds. He says, who, who told you that? See, it's not, that, it's not that God didn't know. It's God is forcing him to acknowledge the error in his stewardship. But he's trying just like us to pretend that he's doing such a good job in trusting and taking care of what God has given him. This is my imagination, okay? When God comes out, where are you, Adam? Well, you know, I was going to come. I heard you. I did. I did. I heard you. And I was going to come. But there was this nakedness thing. It just, just kind of showed up. I mean, all of a sudden. I looked at Eve, and she was naked. And she looked at me, and she says, oh, Adam, you naked too. And I, we don't. So I was hiding, Lord, over here. I was, I was in the figs. We was going to get some figs because we like figs. We eat from the fig tree every day. And we was going to eat, we was eating some figs. And so when we realized we was naked, we just said, well, we, since we at the fig tree, because we was eating that fig, fig tree, God, we was eating at the fig tree. This is just my imagination. We just decided to take some fig leaves and cover up the places where we felt like we were naked. But we heard you and we heard you was coming. This, that's a lame story. But it's the kind of story that we give God to. Watch this. They go through this whole blame game thing. Notice in the text. This is us too. This is why I love going back to Genesis because Genesis shows us everything about us. 
shows us the beginning, how it's supposed to be, but it also shows us the error. Because now that man is in sin, now that man has violated his stewardship, he is not taking responsibility. The man says, it was that woman that you gave me. Literally what he's saying, God, it's your fault that I messed up. Because if it had not been for that woman that you gave me, I would have been a good steward. You gave me that woman, she made me mess up. So he's really blaming God for messing up the stewardship of his property. So then God says to the woman, which is to me a little bit, it's a little strange that even God even bothers to address the woman. Because if I was God, I would just slap the man and say, shut up, man up and take responsibility, you lying. But God turns to the woman and says to the woman, what is this thing that you've done? She also does not take responsibility because guess what? She has now learned from her leader how to deflect. Who's her leader? The man. She says, the man, I take responsibility. Why should I? And so she says, it's that serpent. He was friendly at first. We was talking. It's the blame game. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. My parents had a, they had a solution for that wasn't me thing. Wasn't me. No, that was him. No, he did it. No, she did it. My parents' solution was called the good suffer for the bad. So what my parents would do is they'd line all six of us up. And everybody's going to get a whooping. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So, so in other words, everybody suffered for the sin of the one. Guess what? That was good theology for me to help to understand this. Because guess what? The good are suffering for the bad. We all are suffering because of the sin of Adam. Adam's sin got past us all. We all are now engulfed in sin, born in sin, shaped in iniquity because Adam messed up. Eve says to the serpent, serpent looked around, he had nobody to blame. And God begins to issue out judgments for failed stewardship. But here's something I notice: Out of all the trees that were in the garden, and I can only imagine there were millions and millions of trees that bore fruit and man had opportunities to eat of all kinds of fruit watch this one piece of fruit was missing from one tree in the middle of the garden now human logic says God won't notice he notices that one fruit off of millions of trees, one fruit is missing. And God says, Adam, where are you? Because when I was auditing my property that was, was given to you in very good condition, I noticed that one fruit was missing off of the tree. What tree? Out of all the millions of trees, God, what tree are you talking about? The one tree I told you not to eat from. One fruit is missing from the tree. Pay attention to this, y'all. What that tells me is that you can't slide nothing past God. I don't care how small it is. I don't care how insignificant you might think it is. When God takes audit, he audits everything. He knows everything he's put in your care. He knows everything he's entrusted into your stewardship. And he's going to hold us accountable for every single solitary thing that he has given us to take care of. Everything he's going to hold us accountable for. We don't get to slide nothing past God. To continue our journey, 
Tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.